You look like. Oh my god, text! I have. It's a question or a plug, Smitty. Here we go. Here we go. It's the Talking Smith Podcast. You. How are you going, Mr. Omani? I'm great. Great. Thanks for thanks for having me on. Yes, it's a pleasure. I please say that's your actual like house behind you. <laughs> no, I my my I'll show you. I'll show you. That's <laughs> this is uh, the studio typically. Yeah. Back back there, but this is all a green screen wall because I the last couple of days I've been doing virtual virtual corporate kind of hosting and stuff like that. So it's just fucking rather than having like deer antlers and stuff hanging up. And, what, what's the deal with that? I just put up this behind me because then it's like, yeah, yeah. No, it's, it is what it is, boss. Oh, I mean, how, how do you actually cope with like corporate meetings over Zoom? I don't know how you do that. There's like, you have to make it pleasurable for you. So I take the piss. I take the piss out of everybody. And we have like, there's a tech guy as well that, that roves around the room for me. So he's finding me people with fucking mad heads and stuff like that. And I'll just take the piss out of their shit curtains. And and that's, I, you know, I actually can get some crack out of that. I don't attempt to try stand up or anything like that because that's just sure shit wouldn't work. So that's the only way I could take pleasure from it. They, people, everybody kind of understands. They'd prefer to be in a room with me. I'd prefer to be in a room with them, but it is what it is. And we are where we are. Uh, I'm actually looking forward to being in a room with you on the 28th of December in McCoy's, I believe, in Yuri. Oh. Yes, Mikui's yeah. one of the fucking maddest places. I've just mad. Never been. It's yeah. Do you know what? It was. It's great crack, and I'm so glad that a thing like that works. It's some. It's a cafe, and they turn into a mini theater. But the first couple of times, it's funny to see teething problems. Like they had all these glass windows, you know, as you would in a cafe, and mad jokes were just walking, and the stages which are back to the fucking street. <laughs> So rather than buying a couple of curtains, which I said, lads, where's the curtain? Somebody will sponsor you for curtains. Like Guinness will give you free free blinds. They didn't. And they went, oh, maybe, yeah, Jesus, we should do that. And his mad joke shows up and he's steamboats and he's wearing a Celtic jersey and stuff. And he's like, yeah. And the door, of course, is unlocked. So he's, he's sticking his head pretty much onto the stage with me. And he was such a mess. And then they tried to get him out. And for a finish, I ended up sitting on somebody's lap in the front row, just watching this unfold for 10 <laughs> minutes. Like it was just, I was fucking great. It's great. But I was back again about a month later. And pretty much my whole set was just talking about that guy. And just, <laughs> what is this mad bastard of a place? No, one of the maddest places I've gigged in recently was the Moy. I believe you've been in the Moy before. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I know them. I haven't done their club. Is it Hegarty? Who else is running that? Uh, yeah, Sean Haggerty's running out there and his agent, um, Adam Rush, I believe you call him. Oh, yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, I've been in the Moy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, we, we stayed a weekend technically in the Moy. And uh, yeah, that was that was something else. It was forget us as wedding. <laughs> yes. Jesus. It was it, like the wedding was as a good wedding should be. It was a fine wedding, but that uh, was, the, the, it was only a sidetrack to the fucking madness that is that village. Like that's, it's its own unity is it's its own union like it's just its own thing going on you know there's country music blaring like people smoking indoors it's like it's great it's like oh, it's 1982 fantastic <laughs> it's just it's just stuck in its ways like that's the thing it's it's, it's got a lovely like a uh, telephone box in the middle of the moy and you can yes. you, you could look at it one minute and someone's taking a shit on it then two minutes later, two people are riding in it with the shit still fucking steaming from it <laughs> you know, nice it's, it's nice just, it's just such a rough place but I I done that gig in PBs, 
and I just berated them away because it's, 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 it's pretty much my hometown. I, li- I live in Dungannon, and I just took the absolute fucking piss out of it because why the fuck not? Do you know what I saw? I noticed with any of my mates from the north of Ireland, which I've been corrected not to call it Northern Ireland, it's the north of Ireland. I'm like, okay, I don't know. All right, fine. I don't know the geography of my own county, but what I can't get over is like, Audiences and lads, they all seem to know that you have this unbelievable encyclopedia of fucking geography of the entirety of the northern half of this country. It's like, how do you know? Like, there are people that grew up here their whole life that don't know one village or towns like because they don't give a fuck. They like if I tried any, if I went to Clanmel, one of the largest inland towns, as mentioned anything about any village within five miles people would look at me like i don't care i don't know where that is and it can all fuck off does is they just nobody has any grasp of anything geographical but when i go up up north it's like you know tiny villages and the team like like people know the moy and they go it's a mad fucking whore of a place like or whatever and they they know villages from the 100 miles away you're fucking truckers or something how do you know this shit like (laughs) Yes, because because it's so small up here, you know, we're 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 losing every county, you know, because <laughs> we we need we need to fucking remember which parts are fucking ours, you know. Okay, right, yes, right. So yeah, that makes perfect sense. <laughs> that makes perfect sense. It's like the spoil, we're the spoil, spoiled child down here who's had all the toys and can't remember <laughs> all our toys. And you remember that apple you got in nineteen seventy one yeah. from the creepy uncle. I yes. get you. Okay, right, yep. yeah, yeah. And he, he gave sense. he gave me that apple in the shed as well by himself. Yeah, without any trousers. But look, yeah. you know, <laughs> you still got an apple. You still got an apple. I fucking I, I was fed for a day, so yeah, well, good couldn't couldn't walk right for the following week, like. But we all right. It's all right. It's Every all right. everyone's uncle's done it. That's fine. I get it. <laughs> <laughs> I was trying to think. Did I have no? Thankfully, no. I think we've been we pretty much yeah we're estranged from most of our relations. Um, it's a healthy healthy thing. I'm I'm very envious of you for two things. One for your mustache, which is a oh yeah 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 that's understandable. It's it's gorgeous, like that is. I don't know. I just I just want to admire it. You know? Do you know it's the uh, was it McKechnie I was talking with, and he was admiring it. He was like, "What's the secret?" And I'm like, "There's no secret." But the, the, what lads tend to do is trim the shit out of mustaches because they don't. They're frightened. They're frightened mm-hmm. to just stand back and let it fucking just let it be a fucking man of a mustache. You know what I mean? Like. Let it fucking off. You know, sometimes you just got to let the fucking dog off the leash. And that's the same thing with a moustache. You need the attitude to just go, look, it's time to let Stop trimming the shit out of it. Yeah, clip it out of your mouth. Maybe, maybe, I don't know, maybe let it in there and fucking strain the soup. But <laughs> let it let it grow. Let it thicken out nice and thick. Get a, You want that big Ned Flanders thing going on. Anything under that, you're only fucking playing at it. Like. <laughs> I know, it's it's... I, I love a good beard. I'm, I'm, I've, I grew my own out over lockdown. Then had to, when I went back to work, I had to shave it, unfortunately. But it's, it's finding bits of food you haven't eaten in like a week is the bit that fucking that's tickles ha- me. That's happening. Yeah. That's, I like on and off. I've had beards and mustaches and stuff like that. And it's always been a major plus is that you find a fucking crunchy nut cornflake <laughs> at two o'clock in the day. It's like, so, fuck. Awesome. It's like finding a fiver in your arse pocket. You know what I mean? It's like, <laughs> yes. Yeah. It's the little wins you got to take out of the day. You know what I mean? Or or a little bit of bacon that you haven't eaten in a week, and it's just oh yeah, 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 yeah. beautiful, beautiful. Yeah, 
I'd say lean into it. And I can't believe your work made you clip off your beard because you could have just turned around for religious reasons and said, I have to have one. Assalamu alaikum, brother. Now, what are you going to do with that? I would have got put out. <laughs> that kind of workplace. Fair enough. I can appreciate that too. All right. They know what they are and they're not bending for anybody. Fair enough. It's like, it's like you know, they're starting this whole no job, no job thing. It's like if you have a beard, no job sort of thing now, really. Well, I suppose the priesthood has always been clean shaven. In fairness, fair play to you. You know what I mean? Just... I'd be the farthest thing from a priest. Like <laughs> and the other thing that I'm envious of you for is the fact you have shared the stage or been in the presence of the great Rick Mayall. Yeah, 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 yeah. Mate. Yeah, and <sighs> and I, I again, just much like the moustache, I absolutely understand why people would be jealous of that, and I would be jealous of the situation had I not been the person. Uh, that got to hang, hang with him for a week. Unbelievable! Like I, like he's he's one of my favorites of all time. Him, see him as a flash heart in Black Adder, and that's that's what he was really like in real life. That's <laughs> that was who he wasn't. Really? He wasn't really Eddie. He was no. He was he was he wasn't posh. But what he was he was well he was. You know what I mean? He's English posh. You know what I mean? All them lads are. If you can, if you're able to make it in the eighties, you had a you know you had a trust fund behind you. Do you know what I mean? They all had like, and let there be no mistake. 90% of the famous people you see right now have wealthy parents. That's the reality. Like, there's very few make it through the cracks. Conor McGregor went to a fucking private school. You know what I mean? So don't, you know, so it's, it's, there's always a fail safe typically. But what I will give him is that he had developed a style that was so him. But really, in real life, especially if there was a few people around at all, he was Captain Flash Hart over every other character. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And on, but like, Chairman, before you know it, you'd have your trousers off going, I don't know, I, I, I think we should do this. I, I'm just, I know, I know. I don't know why my trousers are off, but he was that charming. Like, phenomenal charm. Like, there was girls on the crew who were too young to know really much about him. And he was a big ogre. Like, he's a big, he was a big man. Like, he, surprisingly, he was a big man. Like, he was, you know, over six foot, strong, strongly built. But he was, he was kind of overweight and he was loud and garish and smoked fags up into the air and <laughs> long hair. Everything that you wouldn't imagine a girl of 21 would be into. Yeah. But there was there was just, they, they couldn't understand it. They're like, he has this magnetism just coming off him. Even standing there smoking a cigarette, like, he's going, there's something. And they didn't know him from fucking Adam. Mm. But for some reason, everybody in, on the crew and cast were like, guy just has, he has whatever it is, he has it. Like the same thing Muhammad Ali had, you know, the kind of way he just had, really had like, mm. he would command a room just by standing there. And 90% of people mightn't have a clue who he was. That's, that's wild. That, that really is wild. Like, he, he's probably one of the best onstage comedic actors that I've ever witnessed. Like bottom with uh, Abe Edmondson. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, Simply uh, it, it would take a beast to keep in with him. Like Aid Edmondson, like probably doesn't get enough credit yep. to keep in with him because he's... Do you know what I mean? He's Formula One standard, like, and to keep in, you know, alongside him, like, and phenomenal. Like, how they held it together. Like, I mean, even he would, he'd be smoking, like, literally standing off camera and he'd go, just back in a second, darling. And he'd go in front of the camera and the, the camera almost, thank God they had, you know, it was a, uh, a decent production money-wise and they had the gear. Because it'd be a crying shame to catch that man on anything less than the top end gear. Because it was like, look, you'd look through the back of the camera and you're going, what the fuck am I looking? And you're looking at magic. Like you're literally looking at somebody who two seconds ago was talking about just something historic with you 
in a chat and then go, if you wouldn't mind, I'll be back in one second and just switch. The switch would go. And again, as I described it before, it literally was like being an amateur boxer getting to hang out with your greatest hero for the for the week. Like That's class. That, that is actually unbelievable. I'm and he, so... came, he came to see me do stand-up one of the nights. Did he? he was, yeah, he was bored in the fucking watch. We, we, we had some very fun chats because he kind of picked me out as a bit of a pal, I think, because the rest, while they were actors and they were in their own head, I was a stand-up on the show who was dicking about as an actor. Mm. Do you know what I mean? I was try- I was really bluffing it. I yeah. was just getting away with it. Whereas he, he we kind of, you know, he had a big interest in like English history and Irish history and stuff like that. And he'd never considered it. And then one of the nights he was bored, he, like he was in a hotel by himself all week. Like, so I was like, what, what are you doing tonight? And I'm like, I'm actually doing stand-up. And he was like, really? Can I come in? I went, yeah. And it was there was him and about seven people in the club, in the international. And he came up the back door. And I just said, listen, I have a mate coming in there. And he had a, kind of a hat on. And to be fair, nobody nobody calmed on. You wouldn't. When would you expect Rick Mayle to be sitting at the back of a, a you know a comedy club, like on a fucking Thursday or Wednesday night? like? <laughs> and there he is sitting there. And I, man, I played it like I was playing to the fucking three arena. You know what I mean? I went bananas because, of course, you're playing to one person, really, you know. Yep. But yeah, the, one of the coolest things I uh, that I will ever get to do, I would imagine. I that's also as a person I would have killed, I've seen live. Absolutely yeah. Killed. Oh, yeah. Like, and then, I mean, fucking unfortunately, he was teed up, to, you know, to come back for two uh, series two of the show we were doing, and he fucking died you know it was uh it was a weird one since he was never right after the quad accident he had mm-hmm. he came off a quad bike years previous bust yeah. his head open had to go on blood thinners and basically had to stay on blood thinners and a couple other tablets as well for the rest of his life for fear of that and he, which meant he couldn't drink and i remember the, the, he was there for the very for the rap party or back at the hotel that he was he was staying in and he was buying me pints I said buying, it was an open bar, but he kept on throwing whiskeys and pints at me. And I was going, man, I'm going to be steaming. Right? I'm going to be fucking steaming. He goes, you are drinking for two of us. <laughs> just, and you do as you're told. Like, yeah. you know, and I was locked. I was fucking locked by the, you know, by halfway during the night. But it was him chucking the, the drink at me because I he was drinking vicariously through me, which I was more than happy to do. Like, what? That's, that's, that must be one of the, like, your favorite moments. Like, like, it's probably a highlight of your life, really, is it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you, you. I probably didn't fully appreciate it at the time because long times on sets, sitting arson about, you know, we, like I showed him how to drive a Segway, you know, mm. and, and you know, there's a like, I suppose it was 2013, you know, is the the dawn of I suppose everything being captured, i.e., Instagram and TikTok and stuff, it, where people's whole lives are being captured. Not that we could have done much because it would have been all. There would have been, you know, you know, non-disclosure and stuff where you wouldn't allowed to be pull your phone out anyway. But still, you would have gotten a couple of more snaps mm-hmm. and whatnot. I've myself and Rick flying around at fucking segways. <laughs> like, I probably couldn't have even put it up because people would be so fucking jealous to end up disliking me. Because I would be. I'd go, yeah. fuck this guy. Hanging out with fuck, on segways with Rick Mail as his hair flops in the wind. Like, you know. <laughs> yeah, I, I kind of want to add this podcast now because I'm fucking I get, I get it. I get it. I get it. But um, I've I've actually seen you live a couple of times. I seen you. I think it was twenty. Was it Galway twenty nineteen? You did. I would have been there the last few times. Anyway. Uh, yeah, yeah. Where uh, where in, in Galway? What what show was it? 
I, I can't even I can't even tell you what it was because you, you think you and Gaddis were on, I believe. We I think we opened the show that year. We did the launch that year, yeah. and then we did we did one together. All right, that was filmed for RT in yeah. a tent during the day. But was it, was I know tent one? I can't remember whether it was a tent one or not. I was fucking airlocked. I was fucking. I was absolutely banjacked. Yeah, yeah. I'd say if it was if it was because nobody was strong. It was the middle of the day. I would imagine the one you would have seen would have been. The opening ceremony, the o- ceremony, fucking the opening gig, you know what I mean? As if there's, we're going to come in with flags and yeah. shit, you know? But yeah, I'd say it was the opening of the festival, I would imagine. Um, yeah, myself and Geddes, that was a good night, actually. Yeah, that was a good steaming. night. But it's, yeah. it's, it's not the only night you've shared recently on the stage with Geddes, is it? Congratulations on 200. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Did 200 and, and no better vocals himself and, and Gordo Rochford, like yeah. two, you know, and great mates yeah. two podcast fucking champions like and it wasn't even a question i just said do you fancy are you around and he went i'm fucking not but i am now <laughs> and like he you know he literally got in from doing a gig in london went home changed the jocks washed the face and booted down to fucking galway like you know and fucking but again powerful but you do that for you know for your mates like and yeah. it was he knew the crack would be nice he wanted to meet gordo stuff as well and i think they're collaborating and stuff um and I mean Gordo Rochford, of course. You know he was—he's been the basically the, the godfather of my podcast and whatnot because he's made all the wrong moves, but all the fucking right moves too. Yep. You know what I mean? So I've—I've um, I've had the privilege of him being on my podcast as well. So I have. Brilliant! What a fucking man! He's some machine, isn't he? He's he's, some machine. He can go on a fucking rampage there, by and I'm not joking, Chase. <laughs> I was thinking, listen back to it. I—I say, well, Gordo, how are you? And then I don't talk for like twenty-five minutes. It's just, it's just him going, and it's fucking, yeah. it's, it's so good. Like, it's he's fucking he, brilliant. He's, and he, I mean, he, he feels, he does, like, he, he forgets sometimes because, and he said it to me, you know, that he's trying to make it more conversation when he's doing other people's podcasts and stand back and let them ask the questions because he has such an ability that nobody, but as I said to him, I goes, I think let's get you on because you, you have such a freakish ability to talk ad nauseum about a subject like, and still make it entertaining, throw in a couple of, like he's an unbelievable singer, a really good impressionist has a fucking recall memory. Like mm-hmm. he can remember, like if he was into sports, man, he would be the top broadcaster in the world. You know, if he was into, like, because he would remember when some fucker's sock fell down in the final of whatever, you know, and he, he ju- his recall is phenomenal. Mm. For a guy who did a lot of drugs back in the day, like, he should, you know, he should have burnt a lot of brain cells. I mean, fuck. Yeah, he's, he's, he's clean living now, isn't he? Oh, he's clean as a whistle now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He, he, he did all the drugs. He smoked all the drugs. They were, they all went. Um, and he, yeah, I mean, when we, when we hung out first, yeah. We hung out first and I met him for the first time. We we're both complete booze monkeys, like fruits for drink, you know. But I wound it back a bit and he actually just pulled the anchor altogether. It was oh. like, I can't because I'm I'm doing too much of the drinking. Living in lime. Yeah. <laughs> and what was the aftermath of that? Like the 200th episode? What was that like? I was, it was to come off a lockdown and then it was almost like been we were all bold together you know what i mean like the audience were in and us with fuck they were all like the audience a rake of the audience actually had a barbecue a buckshot barbecue beforehand you know what i mean when they had buckshot they'd come up with a shot and everything and named it after the podcast so they all came in nicely oiled in great form you know they made cupcakes and shit it was just cool and then because it was the talk of doing it in the outdoor tent thing 
you know, and mm. it was like, oh, fuck me. That's, it's hard enough to get a, you know, it's hard enough for stand-up to create an atmosphere. But Tommy Tiernan was swinging for the fences that week, trying to get life out of people who were sitting on, you know, picnic benches in the pits and the rain outside, you know, wellies, and stuff, you know, and it, the suggestion was put, look, you can have a capacity of a certain amount, winky, winky, <laughs> in the club. Yeah. And I was like, well, we can control everything in the club. I can literally, we had sketches filmed and everything. They have a whole AV set up inside. I was like, let's fucking do it there. And just knock the tickets on the head. And the people that really love the show will pretty much have gotten it. A couple of people now couldn't come and stuff like that. And it was mess- and it was bummer. But we filmed it and it's there for Patreon, you know, obviously. like, But it was just, and then after afterwards, it was just so fucking class to hang out with some of my best mates. Mm-hmm. when we'd been locked away for so long after doing you know that podcast could have ran for three hours but oh, yeah. and the two boys were ready to go because Geddes was just getting all giddy because he was getting to know Gordo literally on stage and because he came he literally get, got there while we'd already fucking started mm-hmm. and he was getting giddy and Gordo can go can literally do seven eight hours I'm like I get you boys <laughs> but these people want to get to the fucking bar too and want to take piss you know what I mean and <laughs> I think an hour and 40 minutes, hour and 50 minutes is plenty. You could, you, so you can just pick it up in the room too. Like people are kind of going, this is one class, but this is too much for my brain. I came for silliness, you know, and, I was, and uh, it was when, yeah, Gordo, so, when Gordo just started going off about fucking aliens and shit. I was like, yeah, here we go. We're here for another fucking five hours. Let's go. Yeah. And that's, you know, that's where you need to send it is off after aliens. You know what I mean? And, um, because there's no, like, you're never going to get it better. Like you may as well, you know, you're never going to get better than, a fellow who can give you song and verse about aliens and not just going, I think they exist. He literally will give you the statements from the CIA redacted and, you know, he ridiculous, ridiculous, a le- far less scary and aggressive Alex Jones, essentially is what <laughs> was like, Do you know, because Alex Jones, well, he's there, I'll talk about real. You know, I don't fucking listen people. And you're going, yeah, but you're, you're a bit rapey yourself now, Alex. That's the only <laughs> thing about you, like, uh, you know, get it, get a lozenge, man. Get a lozenge for starters. You know, get this uh, strepsil yeah. or something. Alex, Alex Jones is quite rapey looking. Like, he is the sort of fella that if he gets on top of somebody, he's not getting off. No, no, no. And that voice in their ear, you know, <laughs> imagine that in your ear as he mounts you from behind. I'm just telling you, Nathan, I love you. I like that beard now, rubs up my cheeks and shit. Yeah. Okay. Isn't it weird, right? Because we're just two guys who just. Oh man, love each other. I'm getting hard. Yeah. <laughs> Again, it's understandable. <laughs> yeah, don't you tease me that voice, fucking hell. That's that's, that's my sort of thing, you know. You're- yeah, it, it, it he's worth listening to if you can get but the only it, <laughs> the thing for me is that is the voice after a while I'm going Jesus man, well, can you I don't know, take an inhaler or something like <laughs> you know. But he he does not sound long for this world. You no. know what I mean? He sounds like a man who fucking goes through fifty major a day. Like you know, he does not sound good. No, um, see, see, before you even start comedy, like what, what what was what was the thing you what what made you want to go into comedy? What was the transition? What would what made you say right? Fucking, I'm going to do stand up here. It was uh, it was literally that. It was fuck it, I'm going to do stand up here. Um, because there was a nut up or shut up moment kind of put in front of me, mm-hmm. and I'd I'd loved all the time I worked in construction. I worked in construction for years and I, I know, came up from labor and on sites and stuff and then became a civil engineer and a site engineer and running sites and it was fucking running sites with men and it was frantic and it was animalistic and aggressive and 
there was never a time to fucking reflect and get fucking sad. Do you know that kind of way? It was just all up fucking 100 miles an hour. And I, I, it, it, I fell in sync with that very nicely. And I enjoyed the shit out of it. Like the fucking rouse with fellas and fucking go to nose to nose with fellas. You know, I loved it. I loved that shit. And then the arse fell out of the country. And the only thing that I could get a job at, we, you know, was actually, was working for an insurance loss adjusting firm. And essentially you're going out to bases that, you know, fucking the walls out falling down their house or some shit. And, yours. and I'm initially, they coaxed me to the role in, in that I would be the engineer, literally go out and say, yeah, that wall's fucked. I walk away again. And I was like, yeah, I can do that. I've seen enough fucked walls. I can do that. <laughs> it quickly morphed into me going out with like fucking, you know, a notepad and a fucking whole pile of this shit. And I'm gone. And what killed me more, I didn't mind like the job was terrible in the sense that it is a t- every day people are having the worst day of their life. Like, mm. You know what I mean? Everybody you're meeting is having a brutal day. The odd person is pulling an old stroke, but for the most part, people are having a fucking bad day. If for me, it was the administration and the red tape and I had gone all my professional life coming out of college, whatever, I never having to worry about that kind of stuff. Whereas you, sh- you, it was all on the word of, of the man you were speaking to. Like, it was like, well, is that fucking done? No. Why the fucking it done? I get it done. Fucking do it now. And that was it, you know, and that's... <laughs> There was no, I'm going to have to send him an email. Oh, we're going to have to have a, and that's what this new job was. And it killed me. It was like, I, lads, we are behind on a rake of fucking work here because we got to write reports after reports after reports. And I just, I was going packing it in anyway. And I lost the phone. I was losing the phone. I, I wasn't made, made for any office. I was walking, I, I walked straight from construction site into an office and I'm speaking like somebody's still on a construction site. Like, do you know? Where other people are tapping away quietly. Oh, sorry, could you pass over the stapler? Meanwhile, I walk past and boot a fucking printer through a wall going, <laughs> oh, this cunt of a fucking thing, again. How can you work with such pieces of fucking shit around this fucking place? I'll tell you one thing. I set fire to the fucking lot of it. And I would say that on a daily basis, shit like that. And it was, I don't know, it, was, it wasn't Jevin. But there was one woman that I got on with. She was sounds the pound and just told her a story one day just because I wanted to tell a funny fucking story about a kind of thing that kind of happened with a weird guy that was up in the shop and then I elaborated on it she was laughing so hard she got a fucking nosebleed <laughs> yeah she burst a fucking thing in her nose it was like alright so we got that sorted brought her to the doctor and stuff and then she was like you have to be telling shit like that on the stage man. you're walking around this office and you're going to murder somebody because you're like a fucking caged animal you, you need to have some dramatic out and I was like the fuck you talking about dramatic? What? what? Like I just, I just bury it with alcohol. What are you fucking talking about? Like you know what I mean? That's what you do. So no, 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 no. And she had obviously had, thank God, some notion that there is a way to for this aggressive outlet that's in you to fucking you can put it through on a stage in a performance of an art or something like. And I had no concept of that. And she kind of teed it up. She, I went, yeah, yeah, whatever. And she, we were, I was in Cork at the time, and she rang a couple of comedy clubs without me knowing, and then kind of tricked me to go for a drink with her and her husband and a couple of more to where there was a comedy club and I was like what the fuck and the two lads who were running at the time came over and they were like you must be Tom I went you must go fuck off I'm not <laughs> no way I'd never even darkened the door of a comedy club in my life this isn't happening and in fairness your man was like yeah you're right it's not fucking happening you think I'm putting it on you on my fucking stage this isn't some movie like you need five, six weeks of thinking about this and then come to me when you five minutes and commit to it. Like I was like, yeah, yeah, what are you fucking stayed that night? Had a great night. 
came back with all my mates the following night. They were delighted. Of course, I brought like a dozen lads. We None of us had been in a comedy club before. Didn't know the concept of it, even though there was only one a mile, a couple of miles away from us. You just, Irish people don't have the concept of a comedy club mm. the same way they would have so many other things, which is such a pity. There'd be more comedy clubs around the country otherwise. But that night, uh, seemingly, I got really fucking drunk and agreed to move my gig forward for five weeks uh, to the following weekend, which I had completely forgotten about until the following morning when your man rang me. He says, How do I? Sp-? It was Billy Anderson, was the guy's name. He's dead. He died since. And uh, how do you spell O'Mahony? He's American. I told him, I was like, what the fuck, did I break something? Do I owe money to somebody? What? I hung up in the bed the following morning, Sunday morning, on the, or Monday morning on the way to the building site, or the way to the, the office, I stopped in the spar, and there was a fucking poster with my name on it. Never, never, in my head, I hadn't agreed to fuck all. In my head, I was not doing that gig in five weeks either. And they could all fuck off. I was just pie in the sky. That's not happening. Like, you know what I mean? It's like agreeing to whatever. <laughs> And it was to be in the, the soccer club of the village on the suburb of Cork in West Passage West, where I was living. I was like, what the rang him? What the fuck? He goes, well, what are you going to do? You're going to be a pussy or you're going to come do it? I was like, oh, you fucking prick. You had to say that word, didn't you? <laughs> and then there's a five-year-old in the back of my head going, you're a fanny. You're a fanny <laughs> if you don't do this. <laughs> and yeah. And then I just, I fucking did it. Yeah, I went and did it. And it was, I was lucky that the same night it was, couple of comedians on that were fucking beyond brutal but what was they had done enough stage time to have confidence so that actually didn't endear themselves to the audience at least if you're brutal going up for the very first night people have a warmth they're going well it's his first fucking time i i, I could put myself these guys were had to cock of the walk like they were long-term comedians and they were terrible so at least i could sit in between all of that and mm. not be too brutal like so but yeah from the first one off that was it that was it there was no Switch went in my head. Never go back to normal. Never. And that was, yeah, that was it. That was how it came about. It was literally nut up or shut up, bitch. Yeah, it's, it's such a rush, though, isn't it? Like, I, I've, only, I've, oh, only, yeah. I've only started comedy there in the last, like, month or two, like a month and a half, doing my first fucking gig in the pavilion. And I won the the, the, the crowd vote and won the fucking thing. But talk about it. I, I didn't sleep that night because I was fucking that buzz from it. I just had, oh, yeah. It's fucking wild. Like, I've never had a fucking rush like it in my life. There's no explaining it to people either. Like you can't, you can't go. Oh, it's, it's class. It's just like you know, you only know what class is in your mm-hmm. head. You know what I mean? So you can't. You you, you fucking rock a room. Mm-hmm. You rock a room of seven people, or you rock a room of seven thousand. You rock a fucking room, like, and you're going, man. There is nothing, and I don't give a fuck what you what you can put in front of me. There's nothing I can compare to that exact moment, that millisecond, where. Your car could be on fire. Your foot could be fucking hanging off. You know what I mean? You could be a shitting, literally shitting your in your pants at the time, and all that's gone because you're rocking a room at the time. Like, and there's yeah. no, there's no telling people. Well, I rocked the room. We're like, no, that sounds cool. No, you don't get it. You don't get it. It's a different. It's literally like taking heroin. It's it's a different fucking thing. Like that's why. Like, and but, the, but then again, there's nothing worse than dying. You're over for ten minutes. Yeah, oh yeah. I mean, there's, but with the highs come the lows, like, and you, there's no such thing as a high if there isn't a fucking low. Like, yeah. you're done slamming nothing but net, which I've seen, you know, I've seen, I've seen the emergence of, I suppose, some, uh, some, I suppose, people who became not the, the easy is wrong because everything's new is changing and all the rest of it when it comes to, say, internet com- comedians. And they'll garner this huge following. 
Mm-hmm. And people will, you know, they'll, in that 30 seconds that they make a clip online, people will come away going, hey, that's the greatest comedian I'd say I've ever seen. You're like, Brendan, you're taking a shit while watching that person. Really, you're going to rate that over fucking Billy Connolly. Okay, fair enough. Yeah. And then they go see him live and the person doesn't have the chops and you're going, they come out going, what the fuck? The world lied to me. You're like, well, and also for that person, it's really, really fucking hard on them too because they're going, but they can all, they'll always go back. Like I've had, I've had people say to me, you know, I, I, I just don't do the clubs. Yeah. I mean, cause they're very clicky. It's like, no, it's, it's called hard fucking work. Mm-hmm. They are clicky because no comedian wants to let you in. Nobody wants to let you in. Especially if they for a second think you're a threat. You're not. It's a lone wolf fucking territory. Like you don't, there's nobody putting a fucking arm around you. No. This isn't a fucking club. This is dog eat fucking dog. You know what I mean? And that's unfortunately it. You're either built for it or not. And then, but you'll get people saying that come, ah, oh, yeah, I don't do the clubs. I just play for my fans. And you're like, you keep doing that. You keep doing that. Like, but trust me, what you think is good is acceptable to them. But if I dropped you in with into a wolf pit of fucking people who have no idea where you are, you're going to get fucking eaten alive. Like, yes, I've quickly discovered that it's such a fucking war zone. Such mm. a fucking war zone that, you know, you, you will get shot in the back plenty of times by somebody you think is fucking, you know, willing to you know, guide you and help you a wee bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now you'll get to a point too where you'll, you'll, build, well, you'll build your mates. You know what I mean? You'll build mates too. Like, where's, but that has to come with respect. You know what I mean? You'll all be at a similar standard of fucking murderers. Like, you know, and you'll only get that from, Geeking your bollocks off, like, oh, yeah. and at any, at any, but you're all having in the back of your mind that at any point, a joke could completely, excuse me, could completely shit itself, like. But with time and and I suppose what we call it, I suppose experience comes stage maturity, and you yes. can start. Like I found myself laughing, going, <laughs> "Trust me, trust me, you take cunts. That's funny." But you know, we'll put that away for a while, you know. And I literally will say it, going, "Ah, fuck, that was funnier in my head, right." We'll put that away and move on to something, you yeah. know, but, and you develop, you also, de- you're not taking so much of a chance every time because you know, you're developing things that you know are funny. Like, you know what I mean? If it was a risk every single time, then you're a mental patient. You know what yeah. I mean? By the time you're 10 years in, 12 years in, you're a complete mentor. If every piece of material you write, you think, Ooh, don't know, will this work? <laughs> you know, you just fucking straight up. No, now s- some you'll go, mm, didn't work as good as I thought mm. or others. Fuck me, that hit like a hammer, and I don't know why. But it, you know, it's again, it's like a trade of any sort. If you, after a while, you, you're good enough, but there'll still be surprises down the line. Like, oh yeah, hundred percent. Like, I've, I've, I've already got like a ten minute of like real dirty blue shit, and then like a ten minute set of like real clean vanilla stuff. Mm. Because I open with like a one liner saying like, you know, how nervous I am. There's something dribbling down my leg, and I hope it's sweat. And you know, people might go. Uh, and I'm like, right, I'll last the clean material, but if they love it, I'm like, right, fucking on that dirty shit, you know? So it's just yeah, fucking yeah. all on that. But do you remember the first gig where you did just die on your ass? Uh, I don't know what the first one was, but I can remember some, like, because you just try and put it out of your mind, like, you just try and quench that fucking delete, <laughs> delete the fucking thing, like. But looking back in hindsight, you're kind of like, yeah, grand. Yeah, but. And you do, you go through the whole fucking thing going, I blame this and I blame that. And a lot of times there, there is something to blame for it. You know what I mean? There's something to fucking blame for because you, but it can be, there's no point looking for it. Yeah. You should be at a point where you can fucking rip it regardless. You know what I mean? And I think, um, yeah, man, there's been fucking loads of places. Comedy will always die typically in a place where comedy is not supposed to be. Mm-hmm. So like if yeah. it's in a comedy club, 
you're on a winner to a degree. You know, it's up to you now to fucking, these people have come with that notion. But man, I've, I've done fucking gigs where you're going, what the fuck? Nobody are doing a gig for the Garda headquarters down in Templemore. <laughs> I'm like, what am I doing here? Like, nobody wants me here. Like, there's, it was one guy's bright idea to put me in. And the thing was, it wasn't just me. Like, it was, there was like music. There was a fucking like charity award ceremony with the big boss man guard who had been head of the PS night and then took over on guard to Shikona. And he was down and it was a very, and there'd been a really fucking serious, um, watch him call it on the night before a revealing documentary about the guards on the night before. So everybody in the country guard wise were on sound tenterhooks. I had no business being there. They didn't know I was coming. The senior guards that f- found out that I was there, who they were king shits in the place. And it's, it is like, they, do you know what I mean? They're king of the castle in there. They don't do guard being guards anywhere else. They're just trainers in there, like drill sergeants of sorts. In their head, they've got all the jokes because you've got new recruits every year. So they're using the same fucking material for 20 years on these new recruits. And then this motherfucker lands up there. <laughs> Apparently we've a, a, a comedian, <laughs> a fucking comedian coming up next. And I'm at the side going, motherfucker, I'm getting paid for 20 minutes a week's fucking wages from me. Anyway, fuck you. <laughs> and I went, you know, and I went out and I went, I don't know who the fuck that guy is, but I talked for half an hour and he's one unfunny cunt. Trust me, you're going to get better training off me for the next 20 minutes. And it just, and you're, but also like, but again, like you can blame the room there. Like I walk in, it's this brightly lit tennis or basketball court, no seats. And I walked in early doors and I'm like, the fuck is this? Let's at least turn the lights down a bit, put on some tunes in the background. You know, and they're like, really? You know, so this, but also then there was, there's nights in the odd comedy club where you go on, they're like, they're, they're just not having it. Mm-hmm. Do you know, they're just not having it. Or they stick a gig on the corner of a pub. And all these people want, you know, Farmer Michael, you know, and you go on there and you go, I, I got nothing racist to say. You know, I got, I got nothing. You know, I got, I got some jokes that were definitely worked just up the road. And that, that, and that's not to take away from the likes of Farmer Michael or whatever. He has his audience. He's worked hard to get in his audience. Mm-hmm. But sometimes that's what pe- a whole group of people come with. Or people are there to support a GEA club and they're going, listen, can I just fucking drink? you're going, I don't want to get in the way of you drinking, but I got to get through this to get paid. So, you know, but yeah, I mean, there's, there's, there's been countless. If anybody wants to go listen to the Tom and Jerry show, we've a whole five seasons of my worst gig ever. Yeah. There are, you would question anybody's sanity. If you listen back to them all, all those worst gigs ever, you go, why would you do this to yourself? It's because when you turn around, by the law of averages, you should be having better ones than worse Mm -hmm. ones. And if you're having that, then you're going in the right direction, you know. Ah, uh, that, that, that first one, like, I remember I was saying about how you, that, that, that dirty one one liner, like, got the 10 minutes of fucking dirty stuff, 10 minutes of fucking clean stuff. I mm. didn't have the clean stuff at the time. <laughs> 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 so, yeah. I, I fucking, I did that and everyone went, ah. Oh. And I was like, well, fuck, you're in for a long nine and a half minutes here, folks. Yeah, and I was just fucking bomb and bomb and bomb. And it's all. Sto- was, your, was your first gig ten minutes? Was it? No, my first gig was five, and it was a real nice tight five. So it was. I, I had it nailed down. Um, and but then the second gig, you, you got a ten minute set in the pavilion like two weeks later, and I fucking had to work on a new five minutes. And it was just yeah. Was, I I I always think that's hard on lads. I remember Billy wouldn't let me out of the seven minute mark for, and I kept on doing that gig. I was very very lucky. They left me back every week. Every week they let me back. 
to do that same club. It was a club called the Crack House. It was just all sorts of perfect at the time. It was perfect. It was this fucking room that was thrown together. It would be hipster now if you, if you actually put it together. You know, there was... Yeah. But it was all shit out of somebody's garage just to fill the back room of a club. And it was... He let, wouldn't let me out in the seven minutes. No fucking way. Go under, actually, if you want. Actually, I would ask you to even tighten it. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And he wouldn't, for a good six months, wouldn't let me beyond it. My oh. trial, my trial a new bit, and but I'd have to clip off a bit and trial a new bit. And then he's by after the six month mark, he was a great mentor. By the, by the time you're a year in, you've got now 15 minutes of fucking gold, you know? Yeah. Well, I mean, gold by by a year old standard. And I, I mean, they're almost it seems to change club by club and all stuff like that. It, it would be nice if there was a kind of a pathway set up or at least a guide because. There's nothing like you having that perfect fucking seven minutes in your head. And it's golden. Like, it'll work in clean or dirty. You know what I mean? Mm. You've Because you've polished it in such a way that it'll fucking get through people who you know suck in through their teeth or whatever. But it'll get through <laughs> with a charm. You know what I mean? Like, because yeah. you can sell anything if you can charm your way through it, no matter how filthy it is. Like. Yeah, that's, that's the thing. Because I, I, I'm a story-based comedian. So the, the thing that, that I was telling two five-minute stories, and I, just, I, I, I had nothing else. I couldn't, I couldn't back out of it. I was just, I was so close to fucking just dropping the mic and walking out. But I just, I wanted to persevere and uh, get the stuff done. But it was the first gig that my girlfriend came to watch me at, and she's like, "Oh, lovely! What yeah, the fuck? No. <laughs> what are you fucking?" We broke up nine times in the car home. <laughs> yeah, I bet you did. Yeah, I bet you fucking did. It was fucking raging. Never yeah, again. Herself has come to a couple of fucking howlers of mine too. Like, and she was a bad luck. She was claiming that I was actually a shit comedian, but I was getting away with it, even though I was <laughs> like literally making a profession from. It. I was going, Scott, would I'm just saying every time I see you, you fucking have a terrible gig. I'm like, yeah, well, you you're a fucking unlucky charm. That's what it is. So, it was there was there was like three gigs over a fucking year period. And all three which came to were just a bit shit. You know what I mean? They were a bit shit. <laughs> it reminds me um, of that Bernard Manning joke where he's like, hey, Becca, you're a jinx, you know? <laughs> oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Well, Bernard Manning, by all accounts, like, I know he got he got a bad rap for being fucking racist, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but by all accounts, he was a fucking machine. Like, he oh, could do brilliant. he could do an hour and a half at a men's club speaking filthy, racist, dark shit. And turn around then and go across the road to, you know, a village fair or village fair and do an hour and a half of spotless, mm-hmm. spotless. Yeah. He do, he, but he did gay clubs and stuff like that. That doesn't really come out. He did gay clubs as well. Yeah. And he was, you know, so he could like, I think it's very easy for people to jump to. Oh, I don't think that's, I, I was actually, I was on a radio show a couple of weeks back and somebody was bitch moaning and complaining. We have a couple of texts in here saying, uh, they don't think it was some. I can't. Was it a John Cleese clip or something? Somebody was bitching about it. Was yeah. like, I don't think it's funny. I and I literally they took the caller and I went. So what would you know about it? <laughs> and the man was stumped, and everybody was stumped. It was a good five six seconds. I went. No, honest to God, what what would you know about funny like? Well, I'm I I know I like a good joke as much as the next person. I said, no, no, that's like I like art as much as the next person, mm. but I know nothing about art. But at least I have the intelligence to know. Hold my hand up and go. I couldn't paint any of that. And I don't know how that man painted any of that. But I know the odd one that I think would look nice in the wall. That does not make me an art expert. Yeah. I just, yeah. You liking a couple, you liking, you know, Kevin Bridges in the O2 or Michael McIntyre's joke about Netflix. You know, that, 
that shit does not make you an expert. Yeah, I hate no. to tell you. I hate to tell you, but like if a master craftsman joiner had built a kitchen and you didn't like a bit of it, that's all you did. You didn't like a bit of it. Doesn't at no point would you go stand back and I'll fucking sort this mm-hmm. because that's a master craftsman who's put 12 years into being a fucking joiner. You go, sorry, would you mind moving those, you know, drawers around for me, please? Because you're the expert, I, you know, and it's a weird thing that comedy for some reason, like nobody, people will hold their hand up immediately and say, I cannot sing. Mm-hmm. I, so I know nothing about the nuances of fucking voice control, you know, fucking voice coaching. I know nothing about it. So I just leave that to the experts. I know what I like and that's that. But weirdly, comedy is this thing that so many people row in on and go, I fucking, I fucking know comedy. You're like, I fucking don't. There's so much technical fucking stuff to it. You can't. Yeah. There's so much technical stuff to it that it's right up there with the best fucking trades. Like, there's, it's actually worse because there's, there's, it's so fucking sleek. Do you know what I mean? The stuff is so fucking subtle. You know, and when you watch like somebody raise their eyebrow a millimeter, like Rick Mail, you go, see that? See that? You can see that eyebrow from a hundred fucking yards away. But it's something that he knew to do that took him fucking 20 years to learn how to do. You know, so <laughs> yeah. I belong in telling the likes of them fuckers to fuck off. You know, what would you what would you know? It's a it's a great fucking phrase. Oh, what would you know about it? What the fuck would you know about it? Mm-hmm. Not. That was the thing, like, because because I've clipped all my I video all my shows and stuff, and like sent out to different photos and stuff, and like sent different friends that couldn't go to the show, and some of them were like, "Ah, oh, it's not very funny." I'm like, "Well, fucking, you sign up tomorrow, then you fucking yeah. do it, then you can't just go." I, I had, at least I had the balls to go up there and fucking do it. The, the number one thing you can do is even if you just press record and put it in your in your pocket, the phone, like, and just just so you get the audio, and count the next time how many times you say um ah uh, or f- yeah. you know. Stuff that isn't necessary to the actual dialogue. If you wrote in the script, it would never be written in. So that's yeah. kind of the way. Before you know it, there'll be 15% clipped off your fucking set. Mm-hmm. And that gets that gets people's attention because that's what subliminally people go, oh, I couldn't speak like that because I don't speak like that. And you shouldn't speak like a normal person because yeah. they didn't fucking pay to see a normal person. They paid to see somebody do something that they can't fucking well do, you know? I'm right. Um, but yeah. I've, I've, yeah, I've had early doors. I remember a co- one lad, he was a fucking bellend, the same fella. I played rugby with him and just ran into him. And he went, I heard you're doing comedy. I went, yeah. Well, you know, I was only, you know, maybe a year or whatever. But you're not funny. I went, yeah, I was never funny to you because I fucking hated you. Why would I give you any fucking humor? Why would I give you anything? Other than pass me the fucking ball. Why? You're funny to people you fucking like because you're trying yeah. to impress them. Or in this instance, I'm trying to get paid. But to you, clearly I fucking am. <laughs> you know? But it was what it was burning him was that in a weird way, it was like, but I didn't fucking see it. So how dare you reveal it to the world when I didn't know about it? Because this guy was a fucking maniac. Like, you know what I mean? He was a good player in fairness, but he was a fucking maniac who believed in fucking knowing everything he should know, you know, that kind of way. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, fuck the begrudgers to anybody who goes, mm, yeah, I'm not sure about that. You go, thanks very much for your expert. But literally reply the next time and go, what the fuck would you know about it? <laughs> like, fucking right. come, come back to me when fucking, you know, somebody who's, Actually, I res- you know respect their opinion. I fucking pass his judgment on it. <laughs> yeah, like I think I just said to the guys, like there's a hundred other people in that video that disagree with you, and they're they're still reconstructing the the roof of the fucking place after I went on stage. So fuck you, you can't. 
yeah, like there's there's also they'll never translate fully no. like you'll almost never get it fully on camera like like I've done TV stand up mm-hmm. and two or three times it completely fell on its face because it was overproduced underproduced or they just didn't give a fuck and they just wanted to film a thing and take no life from it whatsoever mm-hmm. like we did one and I've actually I don't know how many I must send them the annual fucking email to ask him to take it down but RTE did a thing years ago and a couple of us got to the final it was the kind of in a nationwide tournament and they'd filmed one of my sets and it was so fucking it came across so flat because they forgot to fucking mic the audience and they had these cameras that were fucking like on a boom they'd fucking need tracks I'm like you don't need any of that shit like look at the Apollo it's literally a three camera setup and then a fourth on a fucking person who's laughing at the audience and they keep on cutting back to him and they forgot to mic the audience so it literally looks like I'm playing to nobody um, and it can be fucked up so easy because they don't have anything invested in it they're pretty much getting paid to film a thing or record the audio of mm. and I remember that, that that 2019 comedy festival and I've told this story a bunch of fucking times but it, it's perfect for, for this and that they were all there big production company there to film this thing and of course there's an audience there and the audience are people who are middle of the day it's in a tent everybody's sober cold They've got these tons of fucking cameras everywhere. Your average person is not comfortable with giant ass cameras. So the, the, the guy hosting was Danny O'Brien and he was breaking his bollocks to get some life into the room. He knew what he was doing and he was going, look, there are fucking cameras everywhere, but look, let's get some fucking... And he did. He spent 15 minutes, even though they were raging, they wanted him to spend five minutes on stage and then bring me... And he bust his bollocks to get some life into the room. And just as I'm about to go on, because I had to go on first because I was doing a play on the other side of over in Dundalk, the other side of the fucking country. Mm-hmm. So I had to go on first, get in the car and go. And this woman, just as I'm about to get called, you know, called me to the stage. She's like, Tom, is it? She's the head producer. And I'm like, what? Yeah. She goes, yeah, can you, when he calls your name, will you wait about 60 seconds? And we'll, we'll, we'll cut it all together. And then, you know, you go up. I said, fucking Why? I said, the camera fall over or something. She goes, no, no, no. There's something, there's a thing on the stage that we just need to strike it off the stage, get it off the stage. I said, what's on the fucking... She goes, there's an additional microphone that doesn't look good. I tell you what, you have somebody fucking wait by the side of the stage and I'm fucking it off when I get up there. I said, no, no. And literally called my name and I ran like the fucking ultimate warrior. <laughs> fucking mullet flapping in the fucking I could say that. Just, I could fucking say that. Just fucking ran. <laughs> just ripped, like, ripped away from her arm because he, it was evident how much, like, and if we were going to wait 60 seconds of people just clapping and they don't fully know why and Danny has to stand there with his hand out shaking my hand you know as like it was fucking and she was like oh we'll cut it together and be fine he was like no every ounce of life in this room will be gone and there's fucking it's hard we got to clap you know and that will come across on camera and thankfully it fucking did do you know what I mean? There was, you could feel there was life in the fucking room, mm. like as a result. But like that, just it was a fucking microphone stand. But that in her head was where her priority was at. And fuck the end product. Do you know? Because yeah, nah. she's not a creative. She's just a person making a fucking check. Like, so it was, so for you to send that to your mates being recorded in a club, of course they're not. They're not going to get nine tenths of the fucking atmosphere, mm. you know, based purely on material sake like there's some of the stuff i say you're going you wouldn't fucking say that out loud to anybody like yeah, but fucking right. like, it's perfectly apt to say it in a fucking in a comedy venue where it's you know it's gonna work like 
Yeah, I've got I've got the stage now where friends are asking me, you know, oh, can I see your sets? I'm like, just come to one of the next shows and fucking see it instead because it is just going to fall fucking dead. So, you know, what's the point? Yeah, and I always say that. Continue all oh, forever and a day. Say that mm. it'll almost because there's be very little footage that I would even bother my whole sharing because people go, is there not? Is there stuff of you up on YouTube? <laughs> well, yeah. But just go fucking to a live show, you lazy prick. Like, you know, yeah. just go to one, go to a show because you're, you'll get nothing. You know, you'll go, hmm. like, that's not what that fucking, mm-hmm. that night was about. You just go, that wasn't bad now. That's not. It co- it was, it'll, it'll cost you a fiver or a tenner max. Just fucking yeah. go and see it. Yeah, like, yeah. Fuck me. And you'll enjoy yourself. Um, Fucking, one of the other things I'm going to ask you. See, over lockdown, are you doing like Zoom uh, fucking gigs and stuff? I didn't really do, um, zoom gigs i did one i remember i did one as and it wasn't a stand-up literally i was sitting down but it was material that was teed up between myself and carl spain and he he did it almost conversationally and it worked it actually worked where i could rope it in you know Mm. so it felt like a bit of a monologue you know a bit of a ranty monologue where he could chirp in every so often and it it wasn't so bad because i i just couldn't see how and i'd seen people do stand-up and i went this is not going to be good at all at all like mm-hmm. um uh, but i've done i've done and i still do the odd corporate one as well where but they're m- so much easier like because you're not expected to do stand-up you're literally having the crack with people playing the odd game they're drinking and stuff like that but we all appreciate the situation mm-hmm. and what it is but you know yeah i i did i never did st- i i remember it was only somebody fucking messaged me about it did i ever get to the bottom in the middle we could have changed everything for everybody myself and a big events company we were after selling um car park you know to a car park fucking in limerick race course we're selling 400 fucking cars worth of tickets it's me carl spain i think joe rooney and we're going to be on a big lcd screen and stuff and uh there was on before us i think there was a cinema club or something on before us and they all those cars would ship out and it was fucking we were it was going to revolutionize you know how comedy could be done during full-on lockdown class and it was going to be class it was fucking class we sold out like 400 fucking cars you know four people in every car fucking it was going to be all right it was going to be an all right day good good payday anyway (laughs) the night the night of um the night before it was a rival guy, a rival guy who had the fucking hump that for whatever reason, he was a rival events company of some sort that was doing something similar somewhere else in the country, rang the guards in Dublin and made a formal complaint. When you make a formal complaint, that shit has to go up the ladder. When it literally says the word formal, if you just ring up and say, I'm making a complaint, and they say, okay, you know, it can be the same as a nana bitching about fucking somebody's flower pots. Like it's, but when it, the word formal is used, they, so they got to ring the cops in Limerick. Guards in Limerick take the call and they're like, what the fuck? We were going, some of the guards were coming to this. You know what I mean? Some of the guards that were going to be on site were looking forward to seeing a bit of live fucking stand up. And they had to shut it down with a heart, with the heaviest of hearts. The guards went, we got it. Cause they've told us to shut it down because they don't fully understand it. And they know it probably is okay. But like, yeah, it's fucking, they lit, everybody's hands was tied because of this weird fucking red tape. It was going back to my days of being in the office again. It was like, well, why am I doing that when there's literally no point? It was like, because that's the way we think it should be done. And that was what this situation was. And I swear, like, I mean, there'd been a while since the level of aggression had come out of me. Like, and I was, <laughs> had I got that, I can't, like, that, 
I wouldn't be doing stand up again because I'd be doing fucking eighteen to fucking life for what I would. <laughs> I was, I was fucking violent. I mean, fucking violent that night. Like, I'd be fucking nearly tied. Fuck. Um, but yeah, and it would have, like, every fucking race course and big car park on the island would have gone for it. And had the cunt been halfway savvy and gone, boys, class fucking job you're doing there. Do you need a hand? Actually, you know what I mean? I'd love to get on board with you. Let's expand. Let's collaborate. Now, nah, nasty little cunt. By all accounts, he bought a huge big LCD screen. And I remember somebody tagged me in a bunch, a bunch of people tagged me in a thing. So he was heading up the north somewhere. I went under a bridge with this huge big brand new fucking Japanese LCD screen he'd bought for fucking tens of thousands. It was on a trailer and it got jammed under a fucking bridge and broke in half. Thanks. Broke the fucking trailer oh. and everything. You're like, karma, bitch. And I, I wouldn't be one for revenge, like, but I'm kind of going, yeah. Of course, of course that happened to you because you're fucking rotten to the core, you know, but it was, uh, <laughs> it'll tighten the bastard. I hope his next shite's ahead, Jog, the cunt. Yeah, yeah, oh. it, was, it was, it was, it was fucking <laughs> venom that time. But yeah, I, I then fell back on doing some, yeah, corporate hosting really was all I could fucking do in the podcasting as well. You know what I mean? Kept me fucking taking yeah. over whatever, but it was it wasn't as tough on me it was also we were kind of just out the country a little bit and we had a bit of with a fair bit of space and i went into kind of not survival mode but like this is life now this is life start making things out of pallets and we had a small young fella as well like you know and a fucking dog so things weren't too bad it wasn't yeah. like i was cooped up in a fucking flat in the city center <laughs> or whatever you know not what bad. i mean where you know where you, you could see why lads go fucking mad like you know or fucking the drink could take take over or whatever and thankfully that didn't fucking happen yeah. you know thankfully that didn't fucking happen um but yeah thankfully things are kind of acting or well they're not they aren't they're not like they're fuck acting around with fucking venues fucking numbers and stuff like that but it's not completely closed down like there's still the odd thing yeah. going on you know yeah we, like we, that, we, we McCoo's on the 28th yeah that's fucking that's gonna be a great one but the thing is, like, we, we we can't have a comedy club with fucking 100 people in it, but 10 Downing Street can fucking have a Christmas party in the middle of a... <laughs> I don't know where the mystery is coming from. British people. Fucking... These lads have been living in another world. Like, if I, from here, now, you know, somebody from Tipperary knows that there is such a class divide in England and Scotland, fucking whatever about Wales, but... You know what I mean? There's such a class divide. They do whatever the fuck they want. Like, and I always have. Yep. Like, lads that go to Eton and Harrowan, these, like, mental money. Like, on a level of fucking smashing life that you could only fucking, you'll never hear these fuckers. Like, you know, like, I've, I've ran across these people every so often, like, at weird events and stuff. And you're going, holy fuck, you're an alien. Like, you're an absolute alien. You you don't have to be in our realm, like Saudi money, like that yeah. kind of money. And, and these lads, you know, the stuff I've like from doing gigs abroad and stuff. And you end up meeting other people who are much bigger stars. I remember a very, very famous singer from the nineties, uh, pop singer from the nineties and early two thousands. Like the story, story she told me about just her, her run-ins with people like where you're going, what? And it was, and it, then it, it spills over into the world that the likes of lads like Johnson and stuff who went to, like the fact that you could, you know, choose to have that man lead, like represent your country, like that you're looking at a cop, but he, he's completely fucking inept. Like you wouldn't let him 
clean the toilet, let alone <laughs> like he'd be the fucking retard, bro. Like he'd be the simple one that you go, don't let him do anything with sharp stuff. Look, <laughs> Boris, ba- Boris, <laughs> Boris, stop it. No, no, I I know you said Licky, you likey. That's not the rule. <laughs> we work in we can't. We can't do that. We can't. Can you pick weeds? Because I've we got the garden at home. You stay at home with mom <laughs> because you can't come to work. You're yes. fucking mental. You can't, man, brush your fucking hair. At least take pride in your, some sort of pride in your appearance. Like, but I've met, and I, you know, I've met politicians from here and they're, again, they're aliens. Like they're literally walking around like this doe-eyed fucking glazed over looking there with their hand out, ready to shake hands in the entire room. And almost none of them that I've ever met have I ever been impressed with. You're going, oh man, you're really just a fucking robot who's mm. got the neck or slash stupidity to stand in front of people and say the things like you would want to be some way fucking dim to say like do you know what I mean like high end businessmen would never want to be the prime minister like mm-hmm. you know what I mean? not to fucking hope the shit you'd have to deal with that you know would get in the way so it would take a dumb bastard to say and you know ten down like fucking man the shit that they like them and some of the wealthy people around the world, like this, they're living in another realm. And if you talk to any even high up detective cops or anything, they'll tell you, listen, I've ran across stuff that would get you fucked in prison for 20 years. And you, it just gets, you get a phone call going, walk the fuck away. Cause mm-hmm. that's bigger than people in the country. That is bigger than everybody. You're yeah. not, you're not touching that. You're just not fucking touching. That, you're you're, you're you not know? reeling that fish in today. Big son, not today. No, no, you, 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 and the fact that people still get surprised by it in this day and age, like, they think everybody is making their honest book, you know, a living from, oh man, no. Like I said, not, it's like fucking 90% of people that are famous for one reason or another come from really wealthy backgrounds. Yeah. That's the reality. Big That's time. the fucking reality. Big time. It's, there's a handful make it through purely on the back of, and those are the stories you hear the backstory of, but you'll never hear a Kid Rock's backstory where he was a fucking, his parents were millionaires. Yeah. Do you know what he sings about being from the dirty South? He's from fucking Michigan where they've, his father made fucking gazillions of selling cars. But you never hear, you know, you don't hear that shit. Like, yeah. and it's the same pours over into, into, in, like, I remember being at a fucking an event and it was like his dinner thing. We were all sitting around and there was one of the guys who, the Whitbread was the family name. And I didn't, I, his name was something Whitbread. I, or I don't know what Whitbread. I don't know anything about Whitbread or fucking without bread, whatever. Turns out the Whitbreads were pretty much the largest brewery o- owners in the UK. They owned all the Premier Inns. They owned all of Costa. They owned, like, and, and have owned that level of shit for f- 10 generations. Like, and this guy was just a fucking, like, the level of obnoxious fucking cunt that this <laughs> fellow was. He was on a level that you couldn't even measure. You're going, I, fuck, man. Like, nobody in the world, if they heard this guy speak for 15 seconds, would I, there wouldn't be a court in the land that would do you for fucking smashing him like just the shit that he was coming <laughs> out with you're like you're fucking you're out of your fucking biscuit because you've never had to reel it in he'd be there he'd be hoovering up fucking coke no bother mm-hmm. off some fucking child's arse in down down Downing Street doing whatever the fuck they want to do because they'll never get nabbed for it never yeah, uh, you, they'll you're, never you're, you're hearing more and more reports coming through that like there's been fucking white powder fucking found in all fucking toilets and and UK government or Irish government buildings too. Like the the, the fucking oh, look yeah. like one of fucking Pablo Escobar's drug houses. It's but you, can wild. you imagine that job? Can you imagine that job? Yeah. On a daily basis, sitting there listening to either some waffly old fat bastard just blah, 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 
or you got to stand up and speak and you haven't a fucking clue what your scriptwriter is talking about and what your people they've just written this shit for you so you're like oh well i need to sell the confidence out of this anyway so let's just fucking hoover a couple of lines and get myself in the zone because they're getting the best shit too like their stuff isn't from the corner you know yeah. their stuff is good shit like, so it, it, it hasn't been cut fucking 18 times before it up or those. So, nor did it travel in somebody's anus it lucky was bastard. good shit lucky you know, bastards. It came... <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, in that sense, I wouldn't blame them. Yeah. I, but that's the least of it, that there's coke in the fucking toilets. That would be the least surprising thing. I, 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 might, you know become, I, mean? I might become a politician. <laughs> it's, I swear to God. I remember the old man saying it to me years ago. You want the fucking softest life ever. You just need to be kind of fucking stupid. Because if you took everybody's problems on board, you'd end up hanging yourself. Like, oh, yeah, big time. You know what I mean? You couldn't. You couldn't operate as a normal functioning human and listen to that many fucking issues and that many problems and that many people because nobody's ever fucking fully nobody's ever happy with you yeah uh, but it. if you if you took all that on board to do away with yourself but the fact that these fellas just voila, walk into work you know like Leo Varadkar at the time when he was fucking Taoiseach and during fucking lockdown and he's slipping in fucking into his speeches he was slipping in like lines from movies as a bit That's of right. a goof and you're like motherfucker I will chop your fucking head off with a fucking chainsaw if I ever see. Are you are you fucking joking me? You the fuck? Like mean girls too, like like comedies. Like like ripping Terminator 2. Like, what the fuck are you doing, man? It's a uh, time to be fucking serious, and here's you. I, you know. I, th I think I remember certain lines from like one of the Spider-Man movies being slipped in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fucking yeah. Wild. I, I don't know. I would love I would love to find out that he didn't do it, that it was a scriptwriter did it. Just take a piss. And he's just sold yeah. it well. <laughs> and the scriptwriter was taking the piss and he's been fired since whatever. But I, I don't know. I mean, you know, I, don't, he, I would imagine he fucking read over. But that sounds fucking familiar. And you're like, yeah, come on. Let's have a bit of, a bit yeah. of brevity. You know, we lighten the mood. We lighten the mood, <laughs> will we? We lighten the mood as people fucking lose their fucking house. We lighten the mood, you know. So it, it, it still shows the fucking divide is there going, yeah. I'm going to fucking tell you bad things, but just because I think you're silly fucking people, I'm going to sleep in a fucking bit about a movie. Like, you know. A, a, a good friend of mine once said that, you know, do you know the way, if, if you're looking to serve in the, the Irish Army or the UK or British Army or whatever, you have to go through mental psychiatric tests. This, yeah. He said the same. If, if, you're, if you have to go through that there to fight for your country, you should fucking have to go through that there to make the decisions for your uh, country too. And I could not agree more. Yeah, but it like you could say say that, but I mean, I and I agree. If we started over or we're starting new again, but it's that ship is fucking sailed. Oh, big time! You know what I mean? Go that on. ship, you you ain't got. It. I talk to people who've gone into politics, and they uh, the world of them, same as going into any big institution. Like they'll go in with a fucking beautiful notion of changing the world and doing the right thing and all the rest of it, and doing the fucking Greta on it. But you won't <laughs> get in there two fucking minutes, man. And you'll get a slap on the back of the neck and go, here, 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 whoa, whoa, whoa. You took your fucking socks in, you cunt. If you think you're going to stop fucking pot, you shut the fuck up or we'll put you through the mincer mm -hmm. and you won't fucking last a week in here. And they would. That's politics the world over. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. The other, only other option is to hand over to a fucking dictator. Like, you know what I mean? And all of a sudden we've got the same fucking haircut as the cunt, you know, and the band <laughs> fags, you know, like it's, unfortunately it's the fucking, it's, but it, you know what it is? It's a good, all politics really is, is a, I would imagine and this is fucking coming from an idiot who knows nothing about politics but it's a great sideshow to what's really happening do you know mm. what I mean not to put the tinfoil hat on but people with real money are actually doing this shit 
Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like they're <laughs> at the moment they're trying to sneak in attacks. They're trying to sneak in attacks where your parents can't lend you money without paying tax. You paying tax on it. Mm-hmm. Like, get the fuck. I will. I will fucking get gold bullion. So I will get gold teeth put in that my father paid for. And that way I'll find a fuck. Are you joking me? You're going to try and tax me on parents lending you fucking money. Like, you know, if my parents had fucking money to lend. But do you know what I mean? Like this yeah. is, this is where, and they're just trying to sneak that under there by, and they're going, isn't the government crazy? Oh no. And all of a sudden that shit fucking arrives out the other end. You're like, oh, the fucking phone, you cunts. When did you get that in? Oh no, we just put that in there. Yeah, that's no big deal. It's okay. It's, you know, it's okay. You're fucking hell, man. Like, yeah. so people with real money are doing the actual shit and stuff. And politics, you know, fucking coke in the toilets, fucking party at Downing Street. That's the shit that will dominate everything and get everybody looking one way. And all of a sudden, you know, they fucking they level a fucking Arabic country. You know what I mean? Or yeah. something. You go, oh. as, as, as Gordo says, it's, it's a distraction. That's all. That's all it's ever been. If you look, go all the way back to fucking Roman times. That's all that shit has ever been. It's like, looky over here, looky. Over, I'm fingering your bum around the back, but you don't, you don't see that because I did something that's making you really mad up here. You know. Reminds and, me of my uncle actually. Yeah, um, the apple. That's the apple story again. <laughs> there you go. It all comes full circle. Full apples circles. and circles. I, 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 I think. I think what we need, like you know, so just sort the whole country out and, and and the north of Ireland and the south. It's just some hardcore bastard from the Moy just take over the fucking uh, just take over Ireland. I've seen the hardcore bastards of the Moy, and they would last a day, maybe ten hours, because <laughs> they would just drink all the drinks and smoke all the fags and be dead before the end of the day. Unfortunately, <laughs> it'd be start off with great gusto, but they'd blow the fucking beans inside a fucking half a day. I've seen, I've seen the carry on at the Moy, and it would it would be great, great for a day, and then it all got fucking hell in the handbasket after that. Unfortunately, just they alcohol poison and would eventually fucking catch up with him. <laughs> it's, it's a real, it's a real bastard to get home from too. If if, if you go out in the Moy, like the Moy is literally the Joseph Retzel of the north. I, yeah, that was the fucking thing I noticed. I was like, we're in Silent Hill here, actually. Yeah. This is, the temperature dropped by four degrees. <laughs> like, literally, from a half mile outside the village into the fucking village. I'm like, how the, what the fuck is that to happen here? But it was, it, it, we had a great night that night, and it was the night before, and obviously the wedding was fucking powerful crack, but it was just, it was so fucking, it was, I like the over-familiarity of people. They were like, hey, fun! Hey! I'm like, I don't fucking know this guy. He doesn't know me, but they're, you know, and, and like it was, I remember we, we you had to, to stay in the B&B. The B&B was owned by the bar. Yeah. And they were like, you got, if you're here by, you know, after eight o'clock, then you got to come up to the bar to get a key. It's like, oh, all right, cool. Yeah. Yeah. But like by that, the sneaky fuck had you in the door buying pints for yourself. You're like, you're going nowhere. But I bet it. Like, I don't want, I want to fucking get my shit in the room first. Say so, that. Ah, fuck that. Yeah. Be all right. Like, all right, I suppose we're having a fucking drink. And I remember I said to your man, all right, all right, anywhere around here, we can grab a quick bite to eat. And they were like, hey, fucking, fucking." this other fellow with a fake hanging out his mouth was like, he was saying some restaurant was just about to close, so that was fucked. And he's like, hey, but there's a, there's a chinky down the road. I'm like, I'd say you're not supposed to say that. (laughs) I I bet you're not supposed to say that. Your man was looking at me like, hey, all right. I have to explain to you, brother. But then again, I'm guessing you will never be pulled on it either. You would even the Chinese lad would be like, I'm on a chinky and I'm okay with that because you know, 
every and we're like, what's this really fucking racist? But this is their thing. I'm not here to convert anybody. This is their thing. <laughs> but I saw some of the most masculine women I've ever seen in my yeah. life. As I've described it like before, I saw Mickey Bartlett with decent tits. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, like the female Mickey Bartlett. And she just caught her friend in the fucking headlock and ran across the kind of outdoor bit of the bar to the stage area where they were playing fucking hit the diff or something. And she was just caught her by the fucking neck. And I mean, she manhandled that friend of hers. Like, that a friend would mean, like, we're no longer fucking friends for the way you just grabbed me. But the friend was like, well, this is standard. And she just fucking reefed her. And like half an hour later, the same big old ox of a bird, she's wearing some bloke's Scania jacket. And just, because, you know, everybody's got a Scania oh, jacket. Fucking right. Fucking right. And she's got a fag in her hand and she's straddling this dude on a, on a fucking lawn chair and just wearing the fuck a face off him like he owes her money or something. And it just, it's still only about fucking 10 to 9. Like, this is, this is some fucking place. This is, I couldn't live here, but this is some fucking place. Uh, this is, it has to be seen to be believed. Like, it, it, it is no man's land. The fucking police do not go anywhere near the place. But you're, you're saying there how it looked like Mickey Bartlett with tits. Are you sure it just wasn't Mickey Bartlett? Because he doesn't. No, I say, you know, you didn't pick up on that. nice tits. Oh, well, he, he does yeah. have nice tits anyway. It probably was Mickey. Uh, he does. He does. <laughs> probably was him, for fuck's sake. <laughs> when I told Mickey Bartlett, he was like, go on. <laughs> Tell me more. <laughs> so what's, what's, what's next for the podcast? What's next for you? What's, what's, your, what's, what's your plans for 2022? We'll, yeah. we'll record an hour oh, well, 15 what? there. We'll, we'll wrap this up in the next 10. Um, I suppose that yeah, the next thing we're we're launching, hopefully going to launch a a fun, good crack rugby podcast. Um, myself and she's a pro rugby player from she plays with Gloucester in the in the UK. Um and a capable she's an Irish player as well and played with the Barbarians. Very, very funny woman. Mm-hmm. And wants to do a good crack one. So that's that's in the pipeline. Hopefully we can if we can find time in her schedule, really like um as well as that then uh, we haven't released anything on it, but myself and she's a comic from Cork, Laura O'Mahony. We're hoping to put together a stage show, like yes. not just stand straight stand up, mm-hmm. bit of everything, bit of bits and pieces. Something that I'm very excited about is just actually a bit of a mixture, yeah, a bit of crack, and actually make a show show. You know what I mean? Not go full fucking dancers and shit or singing or anything like that, but just a full show show where there's a there's three or four different elements to the night. And when she mentioned that to me, I was like, yeah, yeah, that sounds like I something I'd be rightly fucking up for. You know what I mean? So hopefully all you can do is we don't fucking know what's happening. All you can do is try and make plans for these things. I mean, the podcast is going gangbusters like it's fucking flying. So, I mean, every week there's the usual episode out on a Friday. And then there's I do a um, whatchamacallit. I do a ramble pod midweek, which is purely for the Patreons Mm -hmm. and. It's great. It's great because you literally, I find myself saying things, not that you're fucking saying that in defamatory, right? but you're kind of a bit looser around the fucking edges. You know what I mean? Because mm-hmm. I'm just speaking at nauseum. Like, and it's, I know who it's for. It's for the kind of people that are into my humor yeah. and only for them. So you kind of, it, it is a bit loose. And I do live shows with purely the Patreons as well, where we don't record it or nothing. We just all have a fucking drink. I pick a subject and we just fucking let it rip. And when yes. people know it's not been recorded, they're like, well I tell you this bitch of a sister of mine and it's funny it's great you know everybody's in it and it's cathartic for people too who aren't getting out the shit or they're speaking to kind of strangers too you know it's kind yeah. of a fucking therapy session if nothing else you know oh well if, if, if you need somebody to make a dick of themselves for your stage show I'm more than willing to do it big rugby playing fucking farmer over here will fucking go nuts 
And good, fe- good, and, good. And, and for your rugby podcast too, we, we actually had the good and the bad in the rugby podcast and Dungan in there, which was fucking unbelievable. I don't It was that, that Haskell and whatchamacallit? Uh, Haskell and Tyndall and Alex. Uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it, it was fucking class with uh, Stephen Ferris there, a couple <coughs> of other British and Irish lands, Stuart McKinney, Trone Howe, what do you call the other girl? I can't remember what her name was. Stephen Ferris was there too. It was fucking what a day, bro. What a fucking day. They do. They put, by all accounts, they put on a great fucking show. Yeah. yeah, the rugby pod as well puts on a great show as well. Yeah, there's um, they typically tend they seem to be really good fucking shows. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it's some of those podcasts like they're great. And that's I won't. We won't try and emulate them or well emulate, yeah, but not copy them. Do our own fucking take on it. But because it, you know you listen to a lot of these sports podcasts and they're so fucking dry. You're mm. like Jesus Christ. All you're doing is spouting facts and figures. And you're listening to you know ex players who have the weekly gig on it. They're literally saying the same thing over and over. You know, yeah, well, you know, it was, it was a, a tremendous effort. You're like, fuck, can pick? Can, is there another word? You know, it, <laughs> and that's their jam. But it's like you're actually making the the sport less fucking interesting. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like you know, fucking hell tonight. So uh, there's there's a, there's an idea that I'm sort of currently toying with, and I'll actually run it by you here. So what what you might think about? I'm considering like. Almost doing like podcast commentary on live rugby matches. Yeah, 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 absolutely do it. I would love to have the time to do it, and I've I've put it out to the masses, and they were like, "This would be a I would listen to this." Yeah, like uh, there's a great guy. Um, I mean, I used to laugh at the old man years ago. He'd listen. He couldn't listen to RT during the All Ireland Finals and stuff like that. He'd go, "Fuck me, the man is so slow off the mark," and he'd put on the radio, and it was like great. And this, they'd be in sync, you know what I mean? Because yep. it's you know, RT or whatever. But it was, if you're going, what? You're fucking weird. The commentary is the commentary. But there's a great guy called Michael Corcoran. And like, he's so over the top. He's a color commentator. Like, he's like fucking the Joe Rogan of, he's better. He's better. He's like fucking Daniel Cormier or something <laughs> of, of rugby. Like, you know yeah. what I mean? He'll say, he's been after hitting that man 7,000 times. And you're going, yeah. Fucking, because that's where your brain should be at. Crazy town. Mm-hmm. Sports, it's supposed, don't tell me exactly what's fucking happening. Give me some fucking, give me some life. You know what I mean? So I absolutely, I'd love to do something like that if I had the time. So you definitely should. Yeah, I I think it's absolutely worth it. Like, it's just do live commentary over it. Yeah. Just just, I mean, just get somebody else on me. A couple of pints go on fucking chatting shit, commentating the game and just yeah. fucking let loose and go nuts for an hour and a half. There's no, and there's so much going on. Especially, I mean, it'd be tough, I reckon, to do soccer because mm. it's still kind of the same thing. You're, you know, for all intents and purposes, I don't know the nuances of, of football slash soccer. I don't know the nuances of it, like so. I couldn't tell you what their formations are and stuff. Yeah, I, I don't follow it either. I fucking hate the sport. There's, there's, they're literally one man kicks a ball, and another man kicks a ball, and they kick a ball, and that's it. They just own. They don't touch with fuck all else. Bar their head, rarely, and that's it. And Literally, soccer is a continuous game of failures. Like it's continuously failing mm-hmm. to score a goal. It, that it's literally your it, goal keeps on getting sniffed out. So it's continuous failure. There's almost no successes bar I managed to pass it to a man in the same jersey as me. That's it. <laughs> and he, as Spike Milligan said it beautifully about soccer, he was like, "I went to a soccer match once and it was nil nil. I went down to the gate and asked my fucking money back." You're like, "Yeah." Proper order. I mean, there's no sport that could honestly come away nil-nil. You'll never see it in 99% of sports. But I know for some reason it seems to be a fucking popular thing. But I couldn't see it. But there's so much happening. 
Mm. You you know, there's so much fucking happening in rugby. Like there's so many mad looking cunts from various sizes and everything. You know what I mean? At the very least, you could just talk about the fucking size of some of these freaks. And, or... and that's just the crowd as well. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> You know, they, although in fairness, they're cute out. They always swing around and find a good-looking chick. They're like, ah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I just, I just, I, you don't even have to get somebody specific on. If somebody wants to sit down and chat for five minutes on the microphone beside you, fucking work away too. Like, it's, there's, there's so many avenues you can go down with it. I think, I think it's well worth it. I'm sure it's been done. It'd be worth looking out done with some other sports. Like, you know what I mean? Like, you see Aussie Man reviews and stuff like that, where he just does clips and stuff. But it's fucking hilarious. Mm-hmm. It's along those lines. Like, uh, he just. With a fucking, you know, he's a fucking guy, a fucking body, fucking fuck. <laughs> and there's not a lot of thought put into it. Yeah. Where your man's just talking fucking, you know, verbatim, just firing away at whatever he's fucking. And literally the content is there in front of you. That's the, that's the beauty of something like that. There's a thing going on. You're not speaking into space, which is tricky. But when there's a thing going on, you know what I mean? The amount of people that get fucking busted. You know, you see somebody like fucking tight fucking furlong taken off. You're like, well, that's 10 minutes of talking. Just looking at that. Yeah, he, he's my you know dream, I mean? dream man. He's fucking, he's, he's a majestic uh, beast. Hey, there's a few. I think there's a lot of love for Tyke Furlong. Literally myself and Geddes have. It's unhealthy, I'd say. And I would never, I've never, um, I would never say it to the man. Although I probably will blurt it out at some stage. Because I've had a good <laughs> few rugby players on the podcast and stuff like that. But it's, I, there's a lot of unhealthy fascination with, you know. It was like, it was almost like a man Ruiz. When he knocked out fucking was it Joshua he beat that time? Yeah, like, yeah. Fucking fat lump just knocked out the fucking a big heavyweight. And people were like, Yes. You know, people love Tyson Fury. He's got the deadest bod of all dead bods. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Not a fucking ab in sight. And he's still knocking lads out. And you're going, Yes, he's fucking hairy, he doesn't wax the chest or nothing. Beautiful. And then people look at Ty Furlong, but then you're kind of going, no, no, you've never stood beside somebody like Ty. He is not, he's built like Brock Lesnar. Trust me. Mm-hmm. He may have a bit of puppy fat on, but you need that for front row in the scrum. You need that cushion. But trust me, if you strip the fat off that man, he'd look like Brock, Brock Lesnar. I, I would he's, love, to, like me, me, being a, me being a loose head prop, I would love to fucking scrum against him. I would love to, just for, just for the experience alone. How many milliseconds do you reckon you'd last at him at 60%? No, uh, 60%. <laughs> Fuck. He he drive you into the ground like a fucking tent bag. Like you know what I mean. Your whole with your head would literally go backwards out your hole. Like he's I've, so much power coming through. Because I don't think I think I get us at a like we were we were literally talking about the man back and forth at an unhealthy fucking depth. But it was like I can get us as an appreciation. Now he lives in the country. He's seen these country fellas mm-hmm. and how fucking day. and i used to joke about this he was like don't, i've never been frightened in living in dublin never there's almost nobody is dangerous they go ah but no no it takes a group of cunts to be dangerous and carrying a weapon you can get your head around that it's one man who could beat up six people that's who with nothing other than a fucking rolled up fag hanging out the corner <laughs> of his mouth. and you know what i mean could do a day's work after drinking 20 pints like you know like these are the people and that's that's where he comes from. It's just generations of cow people who literally can manhandle cows. You have like when you when you have sheep, you have to have a sheepdog. When you have cows, you become a cow person. Like literally, if you want to manhandle the giant fucking half ton fucking beasts, you have to become a tank. And that's what like you see him from a side profile. He's got Brock Lesnar's build. You're mm-hmm. like, oh, oh yeah. And then because he played Gaelic football. He's got fucking ridiculous feet as well. Like, but you'll see more, hands more you'll, you'll see more and more of that coming through. Like because ten years ago, lads 
that were propping and stuff like that. They didn't need to fucking, they didn't need to know how to pass. No. It was never a question. But you see kids now, like any of the private schools, not so much, I mean, at a, a much smaller level in, in in Munster, but in you see the schools in, in Dublin. Like, I had Dennis Leamy on the podcast. We were good friends for years. And he was like, Tom, you, you have no idea what's coming. There are props who could easily put on the nine jersey and just play as a nine. They're that fit, fast. Their hands are that good. They can sidestep, snipe. And he says, these are kids 16 to 17 years of age and they're 18, 19 stone, six foot two. Fuck. He's just like next level mutants. They all like, like Liam is a mutant. You know what I mean? He was a man like you. There is not a bigger pair of hands in international rugby. He's voted the biggest hands that have all these. He reckoned, um, he reckoned Dev Toner had bigger hands than him. But he, it, but like tick like that man thickness like tick like a fucking pork chop but like paws like we used to call him Mars bar fingers like because his fingers <laughs> literally looked like giant cocks like decent sized cocks like they yes. were but even he said it because there's 17 year olds my build 6'1 18 stone uh, and furiously good at everything passing fucking kicking again props kicking training with the kickers after fucking training they're like what the fuck these freak shows are coming through in the next generation that will change what we know as rugby like. And the likes of Tyke Furlong, he's, he's just a kind of precursor to it. We got we got lucky with him, but you're going to see lads coming through. You see the fucking lad at the weekend, Dan Sheehan. Mm-hmm. He's a fucking he's a monster. He's 6'3". And he's he's got weight to put on yet. Like He's going to put on another two stone yet. It's and he's sidestepping crazy. fucking wingers. Like, get the fuck out That's here. crazy. The only two high-profile characters that I've scrummed against was Justin Fitzpatrick and Joe. At the pleasure of uh, scrumming against Joe Marler. Oh, they're a god. Where did you scrum against him? I, I was over in Hull visiting a friend. And there was an open training session. And I was just, he was sitting talking to somebody at the side. And I was like, here, I got my boots there. Can I just fucking have a go at you? And he started taking his fucking trousers off, but I told him here, it's actually just, I just want to scrum against you. And oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I definitely thought you, I thought you wanted to fuck him as well. So, okay. <laughs> Joe Marl is pretty charming. He's pretty yeah, charming. He's, he's great. He's actually going to come on the podcast. See, that's my first guest of 2022, so it is. That's class. Um, and yeah, we fucking crouch touch pause, bang. They fucking, I, I was gone. Like, he, he, just, yeah. he absolutely destroyed. That's a different fucking level of gravy, that. Ah, but you're talking about lads that are just it's in their bones and everything at that oh, stage. Yeah. There's a dense there's a density level that you just you know what I mean. Their entire body is cauliflowered at that stage. You know what I mean? There's <laughs> nothing. They don't feel nothing. Yeah. Fuck. I mean, their spines are gonna be I mean, they probably, you know, have the proper muscle mass to support and stuff, but mother of fucking Jesus Christ, like you did. <laughs> and and to be able to drive with that power from it's not like the crash anymore where they used to just touch and fucking smash. Or just smash. I miss that. But yeah, I mean, a lot of I've had, I had John Fogarty on, and I his brother Dennis, who are both hookers from Munster and Leinster respectively. Like, but they both said it. They love that spark where you're like, oh, I can't fucking breathe for three seconds. Oh, I can't. Where am I? You know, they love that fucking freaky moment. But also, John said, as a direct result of that, I started forgetting where I left my fucking house. <laughs> so you know, there's yeah. that. Yeah. That's, that was the thing. Like that, that, that one foot fucking break between each forehead and you're straight right. Bang. Fucking. I'll talk about a rush as well. That, that's the only thing I can compare to doing comedy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, well, it's, I mean, it's the most, yeah, 
that's the most primal thing you could probably fucking do in regular sports other than I suppose fucking MMA or whatever like but it's pretty fucking primal you know what I mean yeah. to smash like a fucking cow like literally <laughs> a fucking bovine we're going to smash off each other if that's okay <laughs> well here look that's an hour and a half of record they'll wrap this up um, the thing I always ask my, my guests that I have on is like, do, you have any, do you have any life advice to listeners Just it can be absolutely anything um, best life advice be the hungriest cunt you can be hunger 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 no matter what how much money or not money don't make it about anything just fucking be hungry without thinking about it because if you put too much focus now this is not fucking life coaching shit if you put too much focus on a singular thing and go well is that thing and it sidesteps you or somehow you don't get your fucking hands on it you can get very fucking disappointed but just stay blissfully fucking hungry be it yeah. be kind of fucking thick enough you know what i mean be fucking half stupid about it like without putting too much thought into it, but just be the hungriest fucking version of yourself you can be. And don't bitch moan and moan and complain if you're not and stuff doesn't come your fucking way because you didn't fucking put it in. And I'm not, I would, I hate to use the word hustle because every punt is using them, you know, and I'm, I'm get very critical over those things. Like, but it's just that it literally is, I suppose, hustle. But if you're sound, three, three items, sound, turn up on fucking time and be a hungry cunt. Yeah. Other than that, you could you'd be all right, like. Well, no oh. matter what you're doing, if you're fucking stacking shelves in fucking B and Q, if you go with those three fucking things, you'll be all right. But fucking, there'll be nothing else fucking to worry you. Just, just turn up in time, be fucking sound, and be a hungry cunt. That's brilliant. Well, here, thank you very much for coming on. That was, uh, fi- finally, we got it. We got this podcast yes. recorded yeah, yeah. after quite some time. It was unfortunate circumstances that ruined it last time, but it is what it is. I'm sure we got it done. We, we got, got it done, done in the end. Um, nice and nice and Christmassy. Nice and Christmassy. Um, this has been Smitty. That's been Tom. Win the morning, win the day, and good luck. And good luck. <laughs>